everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it is a How I Got Here version of the podcast with truck series driver Jordan Anderson. Now, you may know Jordan Anderson from social media. He's really active on there uh, in addition to his driving, of course, and he's very fan-friendly and engaged and all that kind of stuff. Uh, He recently drove his truck in the dually all the way across the country and documented it. So a very fun guy to follow and keep track of. But I don't want to spoil too much of the story because he has a very interesting backstory. So let's just hop right into it and hear how Jordan Anderson got to where he is today. All right, everybody, I'm here with Jordan Anderson. Jordan, how are you? Good, good. We're actually uh, we're hanging out uh, here in the trailer. We had to get out of the wind. It's a little crazy weather here in Vegas right now. Yeah, it's kind of howling, but we're in your trailer that made it all the way across the country. People followed that on social media. Pretty cool. You drove it out here yourself. This is it. You know, you talk about, uh, you hear the, the, the quote, if homes could talk, the stories they would tell. And if this trailer could tell stories on all it's been through, it's uh, it's crazy to look in here at it because I uh, I bought this trailer back in 2009 when I was racing dirt lake models. So this trailer's seen two years of dirt late models. It's seen two years of asphalt super late models, some Canon races, and then uh, a full year of the truck schedule back in 2015, a full schedule last year, 2017, and we've got it back on the road again this year. So uh, it's it's pretty cool to be sitting here, and I've got my guys here. I've got Dan, Dylan, and Cody that rode out here with me. So, you know, very very fortunate to have uh, some cool guys that don't mind riding in the, in the, in the dually for 48 hours like we did coming out here. Yeah. So let's talk about your story and your journey. Um, I think one of the first times I heard of you, I was doing an interview with Carl Edwards uh, at Bristol, and he's like, you know who you should go talk to? You should go find this Jordan Anderson guy. Like, he has a really inspirational story. Like, he's just, he's just making it. And he's just willing it to happen. Um, from what I can tell, I mean, I don't know a ton about your, your, all your background, but nobody's handed you anything. This is all stuff that you've... Um, really had to work for and fight for. So, how did this whole dream get started? No, it's uh, it's cool you mentioned Carl because Carl was one of the first guys that I really met and got some advice from. I was probably 13 or 14 years old and racing legend cars and had given one of my business cards and saw him like a year later and introduced myself. And he's like, "Yeah, I remember. I got you, I got my uh, got your card sitting on my desk there." So that was that was cool. And Carl always gave some some great advice, but. No, it's been a it's been a journey, you know. I've been very blessed and fortunate to pursue after something that I love, and uh, I think I first told my mom and dad at four or five years old that I wanted to be a race car driver. And, and being from Columbia, South Carolina, that wasn't really a a big thing. It wasn't a hotbed for for any racing, and, and nobody in my family had any involvement in in racing. And that was what I wa- told them I wanted to do. And we actually, uh, uh, mom and dad took me out to a, a go kart race, and I believe I was probably seven. And we went and sat next to a, a family and got talking to this kid he was four or five years older than me his name was uh nick hutchins which he actually works over at Stuart haas now on the 98 xfinity car i think he's a car chief over there but nick was racing go-karts at the time had a broken arm and was out of the go-kart and we got talking and he basically goes hey i'm getting my cast off next month would you like to come try one of my go-karts and before mom and dad could say no i said yes and we were headed out there so so got one of his go-karts and i think i was seven eight years old around the time that we started racing in the wk series and 
we had no idea what we were doing. We would show up with a truck and like a lawn trailer and, and go race go karts. And I still remember somebody told us that our, our toe was out, and we looked down at our shoes, thinking our, <laughs> thinking our toes were out. So we, oh we, we had no idea what we were doing. But it's one of those things that we've been able to do it together as, as a family. You know, went through uh, go karts and bandolero cars and ran legend cars for. Uh, five, six years, won the pro championship out there at the Charlotte Motor Speedway two years in a row. I think it was 07 and 08, and never really had the, the funding to go out and run the best of everything. So really had to work to build relationships with sponsors and people to help us out and realizing, you know, this fuel by fans thing that we had uh, back in 2016 was the first year it really kicked in, and it's what kept our season alive last year. The cool thing is back in 2007, lost – uh, the sponsorship that I had, and you know, we, I can't remember which one it was. We lost one of our bigger sponsors that we had planned on coming through, and the deal kind of fell through. So I painted my legend car white. We put it on a. Uh, I didn't even have a. I don't think I have a driver's license at the time. So my dad helped me drive around town on this open trailer, and for a hundred dollars, people could sign my legend car with a black sharpie and become an official sponsor of Jordan Anderson Racing. So that's where the initial idea actually. This really, was 2007. This was 2007, where the idea first came from. But, you know, going through dirt late models and late models always owned my own cars and had to work on it and had a lot of awesome people help make this journey possible. So, you know, being able to be the, the owner driver this year is something that I've kind of done all along the way and, and taking care of equipment. And, you know, you sit here, we may have one of the, the smallest trailers here in the garage here, but we have some of the hardest working guys that help make this all possible. And that's what this whole journey is about. It's not any one thing I've done. It's all the people that have helped out. I mean, you being here to help share our story and, and sponsors and people that come by, they have nine to fives, but they come by our shop at night and help work on the truck or, you know, some sponsors that like we had some that, that stepped in to help buy, you know, a transmission over the off season, or we, we had some people that helped us buy our first truck and get things put together. We had, I was showing you our, our dually out in front of the trailer. We had John Bomarito from the Bomarito Automotive Group gave us a dually to pull our, our truck and trailer with after ours broke down. So, uh, and I even had another guy when our dually broke down in between the two-month period between we got that new dually, we had another guy who owned a towing service that let us drive his dually all across the country. So it's been so cool, the people that we've met that uh, have made this journey possible. So you talk about all these people, and um, no doubt there's been a lot of generosity involved and things like that, but people aren't just going to help anybody. So there must be something about your story or your personality or what you're trying to accomplish um, or presenting, you know, the dream that you're presenting to people that has um, encouraged so much generosity. So what is it um, about yourself or, or your driver, your passion that you think has helped you get all these breaks? Because, th- you know, somebody could be listening and say, well, I want, I want to drive, and they're not just going to have breaks happen. You have to go out and get it. So wh- how have you gotten, uh, gone out and gotten it? No, it's... Uh it's been quite quite a journey, and I always always go back to that. But I look back at the days of racing legend cars and racing the dirt late models and asphalt late models. Nothing was uh, nothing was ever easy. There were plenty of late nights and struggles, and you know, very fortunate. You know, mom and dad they sacrificed a lot. My dad he's been on more late night road trips, and I'm sure he wants to admit to helping me out and go to the racetrack. But uh, you know, I look back through all those those crazy nights, and we had some wins in late models and had a lot of success in legend cars and dirt late models but one of the things i always go back to is no matter what happened or what we what kind of adversity we were faced with or what we had to persevere through you know we all kept our faith we kept strong about that but we never gave up you know no, no matter what was against us we never gave up and so much of it was the people that we met that were you know that would kept us in their prayers that thought about us that encouraged us that would support us that would buy t-shirts that would come hang out with us after the race is over um 
it was all people and it's kind of a, a throwback because I've gotten to meet some of the drivers that you know one of the first older drivers I got to meet that was in NASCAR was Marvin Panch I met him back in probably 2009 and got to know him really well and he came to my late model shop and got to hang out with him some and listen to all his old stories of how racing used to be and uh, you know I, I love the sport I grew up as a huge fan in the 90s and uh, you know I would always I was a big Jeff Gordon fan growing up but I always loved to, to read about the smaller teams and the guys that were making it happen and so to be in the position where we are now I, I think it's so cool because it kind of gives people to pull for the the blue collar worker that's working to to pay his rent and keep things paid and pe- keep groceries on the table. We're we're doing the same thing. We're doing whatever it takes to to grow this team and and that's what's so cool this year is having the opportunity to jump up and we had some help buying the Elmore motor. We've got some more trucks this year, so that's the biggest thing that I, that's so cool about this year is we're not plateauing out. We had last year we we ran that one truck the whole season. We've got an opportunity now to get some motors, some more trucks to build it better. So. That was why Daytona was so cool for us, to come out of the box, our, our first race as a new team, to almost get a top five, to spin out across the, the finish line and, and fashion backwards and still get a top ten. Uh, that was almost a dream come true for us. So to see all the hard work pay off, and it's not, a, it's not a job for any of us. I mean, we love the sport and we love NASCAR, and uh, it's just something about it that, uh, you, you know, we love, and we're just so cool to be here. And I think what that's what's so cool is people that follow us, you know, when people hear me talk about interviews and stuff like that, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about the cars tight or the cars loose. I'm talking about, all right, this is what all we had to go through to get here. And, you know, we had to fight through all this stuff. And hopefully people can relate to that a little bit more as they follow along on what we have going on. So that top 10 finish at Daytona, probably the high point to this point. I know you're still on the way up and there's so much right. more of the story left to be written. But um, certainly I, I'm guessing there had to be times during some of the lower points or the struggles where nothing's coming easy, as you're talking about, and all the stuff you had to go through, where you had to ask yourself, is this worth it, or why am I doing this? Right. Did you have some of those moments, I guess, first of all, and second of all, why did you choose to keep going through those times? What what about it made you want to keep persevering through that? I think the biggest thing was that, that uh, failure wasn't really an option. I mean, I knew that... Uh, this is what I want to do. I feel like over the years that God's opened doors to allow me to be in this sport. I look back, I could tell you, I could sit here for another two hours and tell you things that have happened that shouldn't have happened, doors that have opened that have that, that shouldn't have opened, people that have helped us out, the timing on things, the way things have happened. It's just a lot of it doesn't make sense, but you just look back and like, all right, that's an affirmation that you know where we're, where we're supposed to be, and God's opened these doors, so here we are. So I'm just going to keep digging and, and make it happen. And uh, I look back on that. I mean, the first time I went to Daytona in 2015 with um, with Mike Harmon, I basically gave everything I could to go down there. And we missed the show. We go to Atlanta the next week and we finished 18th. And and the deal with Mike at that time was, you know, he's like, well. You put this truck together and go run Daytona, and we'll see what happens. So we didn't make Daytona. He said, we'll go to Atlanta. He's like, don't, just don't wreck it. So we went to Atlanta, and then we went to Kansas, and that turned into I ran for him for the, for the whole year using the same truck and trailer here. And um, it's just been so cool. People that have, have stepped up, people that have come in our life to help us. And, uh, you know, that's why Daytona was so big. It wasn't necessarily – it was special for me, but it was special for all people that have helped us get to this point. And hopefully, like you said, that's – first of many other things that come i mean hopefully you know this team continues to grow i mean we have this trailer here hopefully down the road we maybe get another trailer where we can haul a, a second truck or you know haul more equipment and you know do more things but it's um it's exciting to do this but like you said what, what keeps us going is uh you know never giving up i mean it's uh failure is not an option and we love to be here we love to keep things going and and the biggest thing for us is it's uh it's an adventure for us 
and uh, you know the stories and memories that we make that we're do- the way we do this is uh, you can't put a price tag on it. I mean, to hop in, we we left our shop in Mooresville at, at 1 a.m. There's a little shower there. We all of us cleaned up, hopped in Dooley at 1 a.m. And we came straight out here. You know, we're stopping at truck stops. We came through snow in uh, Arizona. We uh, we had a bunch of crazy things happen out here, and you know, we we have a good time with it. So I think you go back, and if you would go ask anybody that raced in NASCAR back in the day what they went through and the stories they did, what the sport was founded on, they they did a lot of the same things that we're doing now. And and it's not that it's a bad thing to us or that we're at a disadvantage. It's uh it's that we love what we do and the opportunity to be here. So. Why, um, why is everybody else here uh, with you, or you know, why why do they want to come out and be with you and be part of this team? You know, that's that's a cool. My dad actually just brought up this was a um, a text that I had. Uh, John Bomrito had texted me back at the beginning of the year, and I, I had forgot about it. My dad just pulled up and showed it me because I shared I shared it with him. And I want to read it with you. He goes, uh, Jordan, it's all good when you help others achieve their dreams. The feeling is overwhelming with joy. One day, you too will be in the same position to help others. The key is never forget where you came from when it happens. And trust me, I know it will happen for you. Take it one day at a time and continue to be safe and enjoy the journey. I'll give anything to be your age and do it one more time. All our love and trust. And I go out and make it happen 2018, the Bomberitos. Wow. And and It's a pretty awesome you know, sponsor. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, this is a guy that he's got 40 dealerships and 850 employees and... You know, him and I will text back and forth at 2 o'clock in the morning after a race sometimes. And I think that's the biggest thing is uh, people are, are hopefully drawn to what it is that we stand for. You know, I uh, I know there's a lot of small teams in the sport, but everything I, that I do, I try to do it with integrity. I try to try – because to, at, at the end of the day, it's all people. You know, we I couldn't be here. We couldn't be here if it wasn't for all people that helped make it happen. So people are the number one thing, you know, making sure that, you know – take care of my guys take care of people that take care of us you know the vendors that we deal with back home you know make sure everybody stays paid and doing the right thing and uh you know it's just kind of the golden rule that we all grow up with the kids is you know treat others like you want to be treated i mean that's the thing that we want to do we want to build this team and do it the right way build it on integrity and uh and that's the biggest thing but i think the the coolest part about it why you, you kind of you ask why is everybody here so so dylan he's been with me since 2015 uh actually how i how dylan came to help us uh, it's a funny story. We were doing the St. Louis, Iowa deal back to back, and uh, he thought we were just going out there for St. Louis and then coming back afterwards. We got halfway there and said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna stay out here in Iowa." He said, "Well, I have another job I have to oh. go back to," so I said, "So I guess you're you're officially part of the team now." And uh, uh, Cody, you know, his his family helped sponsor us at uh, Texas. Uh, the first Texas race last year, and he came and hung out with us in the pits. He's like, man, I really like this. I want to be a part of this. So actually, he's in school up in North Carolina, pit training Excalibur up there. He's our jack man. So Cody jacks for us, Dylan fuels for us. Dan, who's back here, he uh, he helped me back in 2015. He retired at the end of the year. I told him what I was doing this year. He's like, man, that's exciting. I want to come back and be a part of it. So you know, that's the cool thing, and that's why Daytona was so cool. Is people don't expect us in this little trailer with – you know, only two or three trucks back at the shop to go to Daytona and run top ten, and that's why it was so cool. And hopefully, you know, we're really working on our intermediate program. We can come out here and, and run better. And, and that feeling you get when you outperform what people expect you to do, and, and it kind of it's a feeling deep down that you kind of you, you you feel a sense and a worth that this is all that hard work and staying at the shop till two o'clock. It makes it all worth it. Um, I want to close with this by asking you: there's there's somewhat of a debate out there with people. Some people believe that. Anybody can do anything they set their mind to, and other people think that that's just like too much of a pipe dream, and you and you shouldn't tell people that and, and things like that. Where where do you fall on that? Do you believe that anybody can achieve anything they really put their mind to? I think so, and, and that's that's the biggest thing that 
I've learned on this journey. It's if you if you compare to who I was as a person at, back in 2014, 2013, and who I am now, I'm almost a, a 180. You know, just just from a sense of you know having empathy for people and 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 this journey that we're on, and, and just caring about what, what we're doing, how we do things. Uh, you know, who I was back then as a driver, I, I wanted X, I wanted X, Y, Z. And, you know, certain times in life, people have these expectations, ideas of how things are supposed to be. And a lot of times, if you base your self-worth and things off of that, when you finally do accomplish it, and if it's not exactly how you want it to be, you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I want this. And then you kind of become this, this cycle begins of, you, you, you know, you're never happy about it. And that's where I am with this is it's like, all right, we love NASCAR. We're here every week. We get the race. You know, ever since I was four years old, I want to be a NASCAR driver. I'm here racing every week. I'm getting to do what I love to do. And, and that's the biggest thing that I hope people can see because when I was a kid growing up racing legend cars, everybody said, oh, well, unless you get a, a 4 or $5 million sponsor, you're never going to get to go race. You know, I, I remember going and talking to a, a Canon team one time. They're like, oh, yeah, you can come drive for us. You just got to write a check for $100,000 to race. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm like, you know, my, my dad, he's he has some rental properties in South Carolina. My mom's a hairdresser. I'm like... I guess that's never going to happen, you know. So it just was so cool when the opportunities presented themselves to go racing, and I learned more about the sport and learned how to, you know, doing things on our own. You know, we may not have what the big teams have, but we can do it. We can do it right. We can make sure the truck stays together, and we can build on it week after week. So that was the coolest thing is, you know, I've never had the million-dollar budgets or anything like that, but, you know, we're here. We're here every week. I finished top 20 in the points the last three years, and, you know, we keep showing up, and we keep getting better. I mean, if you look at where we were three years ago and where we are now, we've gotten better every single year. Slowly, but we're definitely definitely getting better. So that's my thing that I try to encourage people, and, and that's the thing that's I think for me is so humbling is people are, are following this journey i have kids that are racing you know legend cars and late models and like hey you know I'm, i was kind of the same boat you are i don't have this i don't have that but you know what advice do you have and you know so hopefully the journey that we're on and with with the way that the truck series is going i think you're going to see more late model and grassroots people come up and, and compete at this level but i think that's the uh, the cool thing is hopefully give some motivation encouragement to people to to do this and that's what the whole that fuel by fans thing that's what was so special to me when we did that deal and i shared with you earlier had a lady, she messaged me when we first did it. She said, hey, i got to pay for rent and get groceries, but I'm going to send you $20 and buy a T-shirt. And and that whole deal, you know, when that crash happened in Atlanta last year, I honestly thought my season was over. I, that was that was it. That was When I told people that our season was over, that was really going to be over. And uh, the fans stepped up, and we were able to raise enough money to, to, to build a new truck and get another motor. And, and we did the fuel by fancy in a couple of years, and that's what kept our whole season going. And that's why I told people – if it wasn't for that last year, we wouldn't be where we are now. And that's what's so cool when you look back on things and how events happened and how doors opened. Uh, they allow you to keep moving forward. Yeah. Wow. That's really amazing. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think people find it really inspirational and, you know, it goes to show you that um, even though there's, there's sort of a narrative out there that, you know, you just you can't race at all without, without the money, uh, without somebody giving you the opportunity, you, there is, it's possible to make it happen yourself and, and be here and make it here so i appreciate it man i appreciate you giving the opportunity to, to share our story we got the whole crew in here hanging out i mean this is something that uh i think 2018 is going to be an exciting year for us i think hopefully we'll have some more big runs we're definitely trying to trying to get things built here so it's uh it's very cool and i and i respect you with what you have going on with how you've been able to keep your program going and, and you were kind of the same way you know I, at the end of last year i was like you know what I'm in this position, and I don't like the way some things are going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and do it my own because I know how it should be done, and I want to do these things a certain way with integrity and honesty, and I want to do things the right way, the best of my ability. 
and I want the people that I'm around to be taken care of as well. And I think that's what I've seen you do with your deal. You've gone out and you're like, all right, I know how this should be done. I'm going to do it. And it's so cool to see it working. So I think that's what's so cool, not just in, in NASCAR general, but in, in other sports and other business. I think you're starting to see a more of a, uh, I don't know if you want to call it going against the wind, but a, a breaking of the norm of this is what it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be done. No, that's not necessarily how it, how it has to be. So I think that's so cool that that's, that's starting to happen more and more often. Well, it definitely makes you appreciate the people that are helping you. I think from what I can tell on Twitter, it seems like we have a lot of the same uh, people. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I always get tagged in your posts and vice versa, I think. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool to see what, what you're doing. And, and I'm glad um, you like my music, too. It's been a while since I've done some, but it's I know, cool that somebody else something. here has some, some, some love for EDM, too. Why is there not more EDM in NASCAR? Man, you know, we're sitting here at Vegas, the, uh, the home of EDC. It's still on my bucket list. I want to get out here one day. But, uh, you know, that's my biggest thing is when we go down the road, you got to have good music to cruise, too. And when it gets, like, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, you're a little tired. you got to have something to keep you amped up. So it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm all about that. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Well... Hopefully you can make it. Your crew guys like it too. Hopefully you can uh, make it as a DJ in addition to being a very successful winning truck driver at some point or, or oh, overall NASCAR driver. That's it. There's plenty of chapters left to be written. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Pretty cool guy there. Pretty amazing story. And I think it shows uh, another example of perseverance paying off in the sport and people wanting to do whatever it takes to make it. Of course, I'm very lucky as well because I have people helping me make it, and those are my patrons over at patreon.com. And this week, I want to thank three of them, Eric Morin, Chris Durrell, and Stephanie Knapp, uh, who I understand may be at the Phoenix race, so looking forward to seeing her at the tweet-up if she is there, as well as anybody else who's coming to Phoenix. But I couldn't get to Phoenix without the support of people like them and the rest of my patrons, so definitely appreciate all of you. And speaking of Phoenix, the next podcast will be coming from there with a media member who I'll have to choose and figure out who is at the race. Last week, Alan Kavana bailed me out because there was only seven writers, national traveling beat writers, in the media center at Las Vegas. So the ranks are thinning. Can't keep using the same people all the time because they're on deadline and it's kind of a big favor. So um, hopefully there'll be a media member there willing to do the podcast after the race. So stay tuned for that on Sunday night. And until then, talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.